Well, today I'm laying aside the next question for the pastor to give time to share some biblical perspective on the ongoing attack of Israel from Hamas. I want to talk about Israel's response and what I believe this means for the world moving forward. This is your Midweek Connection, Wednesday, October the 11th, 2023. rather light concerning announcements. I have only one to share, and that announcement is how to study the Bible. Pastor Brett is holding a workshop on Tuesday, October the 24th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. that will teach you a systematic way to study and apply the Bible yourself. It's called the Coma Method. The workshop will have both academic and practical application sections, which is sure to aid you in getting a firm grip on this most important spiritual discipline. Now, you can ask questions or register this Sunday by visiting the Adult Ministries table in the Mission Cafe, or you can register, register through this Friday's email blast. Uh, you can also connect directly with Pastor Brett his email is there on the screen. Well, that's the one announcement for this week. Now, let's turn our attention to the sobering events taking place in the Middle East. Well, as I said at the beginning, I'm laying aside the question for the pastor that I had queued up for this week to share some perspective on the current conflict going on between Israel and Hamas. Now, Lord willing, I'll, I'll return next week to the next question that's in the queue for question for the pastor. But as I begin today, uh, I think it must be said that I am not an expert <laughs> on foreign affairs, nor uh, an expert on the conflict in the Middle East, nor even an expert in biblical prophecy. The truth is, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. <laughs> one who's been called by the Lord to shepherd a local New Testament church and to teach His Word. Now, over the years, however, I have been exposed to biblical prophecy and most recently, as you know, spent six weeks on a study sabbatical to prepare for our current series on the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, so Bible prophecy is fresh on my mind and my studies of it are now rushing to the forefront of my mind, giving me perspective on what we are seeing, and I feel compelled to share some of that perspective. I begin with something Jesus said to his disciples prior to his ascension back to heaven. It's a familiar passage, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, it's that last phrase that I want you to focus on. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. 
When Jesus spoke those words, the world was on the verge of a new age. It's called the age of the Gentiles or the age of the church. It's the final age before the world is thrust into seven years of unbelievable tribulation, which is followed by the full return of Jesus to vanquish his enemies and establish his millennial kingdom. The age of the church or the age of the Gentiles began with the coming of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. And that means that it's been unfolding over the last 2,000 years. But I believe that there are some recent, historical, present, and or near future signs that are beginning to indicate that the current age is nearing its end. In 1948, following the Holocaust of the Second World War, Israel became a nation and began to retake and inhabit the land that God had given to their ancestor Abraham. Israel had not been a nation since 70 AD when Titus, a Roman general, sacked Jerusalem and Israel began to be dispersed and integrated into the other nations of the world. Not until May the 14th, 1948, did Israel make, take its place again among the other sovereign nations of the world. And this event began the ticking of the prophetic clock that would see the present age come to an end in a time of global tribulation beginning. Now, Jesus spoke of this in Matthew chapters 24 and 25. I just want to look at a couple of verses there in chapter 24, verses 3 through 8. Uh, Jesus' disciples came to him asking, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus responded, saying, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place. Notice this, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Now, you're familiar with birth pains, aren't you? Uh, whether you've experienced them personally, yourselves, ladies, <laughs> or you've watched someone who is experiencing them, gentlemen, contractions, birth pains, are not comfortable at all. They hurt. And at times, they hurt so bad that one wonders if they'll be able to endure to the end of the birth process. But one thing we know about birth pains, while they can be excruciating, they do not compare to the pain of actual childbirth. As Jesus was looking into the future, responding to the question of his disciples, he spoke of some of the many natural and man-made convulsions that would signal the end of the age and his return. Many false messiahs would arise, he said. Many wars and rumors of wars would fill the talk of the peoples of the earth. Earthquakes, famines, international conspiracies, and conflict would be everywhere. 
But he said to us, the end is not yet. These are but the beginning, the beginning of birth pains. Over the last four days, the world has seen one of the most barbarous, inhumane atrocities that has ever taken place, save the Holocaust itself. Hamas, the Palestinian branch of the Muslim Brotherhood, a radicalized Islamic militant group, broke through the border walls separating Israel from Gaza, from the Gaza Strip, and began to indiscriminately murder Israeli citizens. You've seen the news coverage. They went from house to house executing defenseless families. They, they mowed down hundreds of defenseless people attending a music festival. They took Israeli citizens captive. They raped, then executed women. They kidnapped young children, one only nine months old, and it is reported that they actually decapitated children. We were all rocked into disbelief. How could this happen? And what does this mean? And what could possibly come after all of this? I tell you, after studying biblical prophecy pertaining to the end times, what we are seeing right now in Israel is only a birth pain. It's a contraction, a painful one but only a contraction. And what do we know about contractions? We know this, that they don't stop once they start. They grow in frequency and they grow in intensity until one gets to the full-blown birth process. And the point that I want to make is this to all of us. I hope you'll hear me. We are not going back to some golden age of righteousness and goodness no matter what any preacher or any politician might say. We are moving headlong into the end of the age and the tribulation that will erupt through it. And while that is unsettling, even frightening, the body of Christ has no need to live in dread and fear. Did you hear me? The body of Christ has no need to live in dread and fear. Well, someone out there right now is saying, oh, yes, Pastor, thank you for reminding us. Yes, yes, the Bible teaches that Christ is going to take us out before the bad stuff arrives. So, yeah, we have nothing to fear. Well, I do believe that Scripture teaches the rapture. I believe it says that the rapture will take place before the wrath of God is poured out on a Christ-rejecting world. But nowhere does Scripture teach that the body of Christ will escape the wrath of Satan and his global system leading up to the tribulation period. No, I'm not talking about the rapture. When I say that we have no need to live in fear, I say it because our Lord Jesus is at work. Now, he makes no promise to spare us from the stresses and strains of the end of the age. But as we saw, he did promise that he would be with us to the end of the age. And when the end of the age comes, I believe, he will then receive us unto himself to prepare for the millennial age to come. <laughs> but I, I digress. Um, let me get back to the message I actually want to deliver. 
So as we see these birth pains taking place, the question is, how should we, the body of Christ, respond? Well, let me tell you what we cannot do. We cannot lose faith. We cannot wring our hands in despair. We cannot spend copious hours watching all of the carnage unfold on television. No. No, we must be in our Bibles, and we must be in prayer. And we must be gathering together all the more to encourage, strengthen, and equip one another for the gospel ministry that we've been left here to engage. We must, in this day, be sharing the good news of Jesus. We must be connecting with men, women, boys, and girls to disciple them toward the conformity of the image of Jesus Christ. And this is one that's very important. We must be examining ourselves to cast aside the sinful weights that hold us back and seek to live in the holiness of our Savior King. The Apostle Peter speaks to this in his second book, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 1-14. through 14. Verse 1, This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of His coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are died, all things are continuing as they were before the beginning of creation. And we'll drop down now to verse 8. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved. That with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come or reach repentance. But the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved in the earth, and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Now, this is key. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to His promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, okay, because of all of that which I just read, beloved, since you are waiting for these things, be diligent to be found in Him without spot or blemish and at peace. Now take note of what Peter tells us. He tells us the world is going to grow increasingly wicked, that they are going to deny Christ and the prophecies concerning Him, that they are going to live in sin and increase in their ability to sin. In other words, things are going to get increasingly worse. They are not going to get better. 
And because of this, God will rain down judgment on the world that rejects and denies him, even to the point that all of the present creation will be melted down with fire. (laughs) And while that sounds super scary, for the believer, it should not bring fear. But it should bring sobriety. Sobriety concerning what our lives are about as disciples of Christ. And so the call is this. As we see these things approaching, we need to be sober. We need to sober up. We we need to stop being frivolous about our lives. We need to be eagerly awaiting Christ's return. We need to be busy about His business until He does return. We need to be found by Him, growing in holiness, being conformed to His image, gaining victory over the flesh, the devil, and the world. And being in Him and assured of His ultimate victory. Hey, hey, we should be at peace. We should be at peace. Because we know what's coming. And we know who wins. And we know that we that He will never leave nor forsake us. So, let's keep our eyes on Him. Let's keep our trust in His promises And let's keep our lives pointing others to the only hope that exists, a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we need to pray, and we will, but I must share a heartbreaking prayer concern with you before we do. We all know about the innocent Israelis that have been slaughtered in this senseless attack. But listen, there are also innocent Palestinians who are not radicalized, who simply want to live their lives in peace, but but they are now under attack as Israel responds to the violence that has been put upon them. And listen, church, you know you, you know one of the innocent Palestinians. Her name is Rania. A little over a year ago, she came to Iowa from the Gaza Strip as an international student. She lived with Jeff and Ellen Fisher. During her time with the Fisher, she came to our church. She attended our youth group. She even volunteered in our kitchen for Wednesday meals. But then she had to go back to Gaza. And over the past year, she's, she and Vicki Balmer have been uh, in contact with one another. On Sunday, she wrote the following to Vicki. I quote, They bombed our house, Vicki, at 2 a.m., I saw the building bombed with my own bare eyes. It's all gone. We spent the night in the streets, and I could see the missiles in the sky and hear the bombing. Nowhere is safe. I'm heartbroken. I don't know what to do or where to go. We have nothing to do with Hamas. We are just civilians. And this is the most heartbreaking. I don't even know if I will live tomorrow. You know, Rania is now homeless. She has no food. There is no electricity. Of course, there's no internet needed for communication. And she understands that her life hangs in the balance. So as we pray for Israel, let us also pray for Palestinians who are caught in the crossfire. Let us pray for Rania, that she will come to Christ through this and that others like her will come to faith as well. Well, 
Let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, our hearts are heavy as we, as we observe what is going on in Israel and what is taking place now in the Gaza Strip and the ramifications that are rippling throughout the world. Lord, we, 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 we cry, we, we, we grieve for all of the innocents that were slaughtered uh, the other day. And Lord, we can't even imagine but our hearts also go out for the innocents in the Gaza Strip, like Rania, who are helpless. There's nothing they can do. And yet they are caught in the crossfire. First of all, Lord, I pray that you would save your people, Israel. I pray that you would rain down fire on those who stand against you and against your kingdom. But I pray for those innocent people in the Gaza Strip that somehow you would protect them. I pray that in the midst of all of this chaos, that they would, their eyes would be opened, that they would come to see Jesus as their only hope, that they would put their faith in him, not just so that they can live today, because they might not, but so that they can live eternally in his kingdom. Lord, give us, the Mission Church, perspective on these issues, and may we examine our lives and deal with issues that are there that we might live soberly, and holy and righteously, fulfilling your mandate, knowing that you are with us till the end of the age. Lord, help us in this dark and difficult time, and we'll give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this coming Sunday, we are going to be unpacking Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. It's Jesus' letter to the church in Smyrna, otherwise known as the persecuted church. It's one of the churches that Christ had no criticism for. And I look forward to our gathering this Sunday and unpacking the things that we find there. Until then, God bless and have a great day.